Welcome to a new episode of Pop Cannon. We are your hosts. My name is Jordan. I'm Robert. I'm Joe. Today we are discussing Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's right, it's the Disney Plus show starring Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. Uh, in my opinion, I thought it was a really good Marvel movie translated to film. Whereas WandaVision was a tribute to TV of all eras and sitcoms. Mm -hmm. Falcon and the Winter Soldier feels more like a TV tribute to the MCU. But I, I thought it was really good. Aside from a few things, which I'm sure we'll get into in this episode. Uh, <laughs> but overall, really positive. Robert, go ahead. Your initial thoughts. I... Uh... I, I like this show a lot. I feel like it really cements the reason why the Captain America trilogy in the MCU is the best trilogy in the MCU. Um, I just feel like the filmmaking from each iteration has gone up and then it's spread out over six hours in this iteration of it. And I think it just took the whole thing to the next level. You know, like Captain America as a brand within now Marvel's MCU, but also like our regular universe. I feel like it's a different, it feels different now. Um, and I'm happy about that because Cap was my favorite character in the MCU. So I'm happy to just keep, <laughs> keep going because <laughs> Anthony Mackie was cool. I think it was really good. Yeah. Uh, well, Joe, what did you think? Yeah. I thought um, where WandaVision took Wanda and, brought her to be the Scarlet Witch, I thought this did a really good job of bringing Sam from receiving the shield to actually seeing himself as Captain America, where like, I think we as an audience were very ready, but they, they did a good job of showing the character, justifying it to himself, I guess. Um, I agree with Jordan that this kind of felt like a long movie instead of a TV series. Um, so I don't think they really made the jump to television as well as WandaVision did. Yeah. Um, there was a lot going on with the different characters that maybe didn't pay off in very satisfying ways. I think that Sam's story was very well told. Yeah. So if nothing else, like that's, they stuck the landing and that's great. Um, Bucky's story was good, but it just, part of me wishes there was more for him mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. which i don't want them to have taken anything from sam but i think some of the other characters and there's a ton of characters in this show that's only six episodes long um <laughs> maybe we could have pared down some of those stories a bit yeah but overall like i think there are a decent amount of shortcomings um in the middle of the show more often but overall it was a good time like it's a very well-made tv series of the marvel yeah. cinematic universe and we have our new captain america so <laughs> yes we fucking do dude yeah. uh just right off the bat because joe said that like anthony mackie being handed that shield in avengers endgame we all discussed that on a previous episode of pop mm -hmm. cannon mm -hmm. uh that was a big deal and we weren't really sure how they were going to handle that moving forward yeah. you know like there were so many questions like was he just captain america then uh 
and and Robert, you were very passionate about this subject previously, saying like yeah. the legacy of Captain America and what that means. Like Sam Wilson should be Captain yeah. America on the big screen. Yeah, I feel like I said that it felt sort of like a downgrade to get a TV show first, but this is doing much like what WandaVision did is bringing it's bridging that gap that we wouldn't typically see in the film. It would be part of like a quick recap or mentioned in like references so that you knew kind of what happened in a movie, yeah. you know, but like this gives you uh the the B arc like that would be the in the comic book, like the actual that I felt like a full volume from a graphic novel basically you know uh with sam becoming captain america at the end joe uh do you think having a tv show lessens that impact of him on the big screen being revealed as captain america i don't think so um especially now that we know they've greenlit a captain america 4 starring Mm -hmm. anthony mackie um so just like Robert said, I think this was about Sam getting to that point, getting to be Captain America. And that's even a, like an amazing beat is that final title card where they changed the title of the whole show yes. to Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. 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 Which like, honestly, like that gave me, it gives me chills, like thinking about <laughs> it just because like that was so good. <laughs> and like you said, green lighting Captain America four. now we could skip in that film the reboot aspect of it and we can get into the story (laughs) Mm. we don't have to spend we could get a little time like showing everybody look he's doing captain america things to open but we don't have to now have the full reboot in that movie we've done it already Yeah. yeah they also did a great job demonstrating like another point of this show is what does it mean to be captain america where like that's a lot of issues coming with it. Like, yeah. this is, yeah. like, a problematic country. They um, presented it as a lot less cut and dry than it initially appeared. Yeah, and I yeah. do think they kind of blinked at the end. But overall, like, they were pretty unreserved in saying, like, yeah, why would he want to be... <laughs> right. Why would he want to wear a flag and walk out as America's poster child? But that's always like the best Captain America stories are the ones where he's calling out that lie and saying, Mm -hmm. like, I'm what they say the country is supposed to be, not what it really is, which is not those ideals. Yeah. 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 He's the ideal man. Yeah. (laughs) And I think like the inclusion of the Isaiah Bradley storyline, like really demonstrated that beautifully. Like I loved uh, Carl Lumbly's performance. He really brought like a lot of like a tragic anger to that character that felt completely yeah. justified, um, which like that's like barely science fiction based on like the Tuskegee experiments and mm-hmm. things that mm-hmm. are drawn straight mm-hmm. out of history. They just um, changed the name. <laughs> even like yeah. the Henrietta Lacks story. Yeah, it's it, it was crazy. His his scenes were really powerful, and the the final one with him and Sam. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Sam shows up at the end with the shield, like that made me cry. That that yep. scene moved me in such yep. a way that I didn't expect it to. Yeah. 
but the just the parallels that Isaiah had with Steve, my my boys were uh, they were trapped. They were behind enemy lines. I, I busted out. I went to go save them. I brought them back. And what did I get in return? Yeah. Uh, it it just, it's tragic, like you said, mm-hmm. heartbreaking. And the performance was absolutely astounding. I was mesmerized by it. Um, Martian Manhunter, which I didn't <laughs> even realize until yeah. afterward. Yeah. Like there was a point where I was like, I think it felt like he was just a real person it felt like isaiah bradley was a real guy yeah and it wasn't a performance and that's not an actor like that's how legitimate he made all of that feel he expressed all of it very very effectively so i'm really i'm really glad that you brought up character and feeling like a real people because i feel like that's something this show did really well was make each and every single one of these people feel like actual people Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. just characters with one layer or two of motivation or depth or whatever like there's it it's it's nice to be able to live in a room with these two characters or three characters and just listen to them talk Mm -hmm. and it's like Mm -hmm. engaging so that's that's a testament to the writing when you get to bucky you forget that he's all of the things that he is i felt like until he has to rip the sleeve off and use it he's a completely different person and it's so interesting to watch him go back and forth between it because when they go to madripoor and he has to pretend to be the winter soldier still um there's like this sick enjoyment on his face but also he's you could tell that he's like i don't i really don't want to do this but i think he doesn't want to do it because he likes it so much it's familiar <laughs> to him so yeah. it's like how easy it the, is within just that be familiarity like, oh, there's like a comfort <laughs> yeah yeah and he like lets loose on them too like he doesn't hold back and i when he walks away like Sam is standing there and he just like looks at him like you okay? Yeah. Like <laughs> I saw your eyes, dude. I think that's also like a, a commentary on how easy it is to fall back into past habits and how easy it would be for someone to succumb to something that they mm-hmm. tried to get away from. Cuz so... if he had fallen back into it at that point you could blame Zemo for exposing it to him again, basically. And that's also, if you wanted to try to find the parallel in that, uh, like an addiction cycle or something like that, like that's definitely one of those things. So they could have, but... But it also goes to show that Bucky, like, has evolved. Yeah. You know, he's, he's definitely changed from who he was. And this show is a good look into that and his psyche Mm -hmm. because they show we get that sequence uh of him from six years ago in wakanda around the fire yeah and it's like it seems like it's like the final test or something like that so and then so we see him sitting around the fire and ao starts to recite the words to him yeah and he there's like they give us like the gifts of Vietnam flashback, like all of the things that have happened to him, like start like flooding through his face. And it's just like, he plays that 
so insanely good and it's like really effective because he's like crying at the end and then he doesn't turn after all of the words have been spoken and she says you are free and he just starts like laugh crying like it's such a moment of he's just overwhelmed emotionally (laughs) yeah Yeah, i mean that that scene was phenomenal yeah and i think um the you are free thing is like it adds like another layer of tragedy because he's deprogrammed but he's still he's still got this trauma that he doesn't know what to do with um structuring his relationship with sam around that was really good to me because it's almost like sad in a way that like sam always lives for other people like he's always helping other people yeah um even when it like seems like he's doing something for himself like it's for his sister and his family Mm -hmm. um and like you kind of see that start to weigh on him where he's like kind of like bucky i don't have time for your shit right now because i'm trying to deal with my own um, all of my buckets are full bro you got right find but he, he'll never that say shit. that because of the person he is yeah um and especially him helping bucky through his trauma like i i do wish we saw more of bucky like working through that and like maybe if he stayed in new york a little longer um yeah. Yeah. or like came back for a scene or two yeah, um, I feel like they feel like they definitely, of all of the main characters, somehow Bucky got less than I feel like everybody. Yeah, yeah. To me, to uh, me, it felt like Bucky was very underdeveloped, considering yeah. how much Sam got. Yeah. But I feel like this is Sam's show more so than it is Bucky's. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Because um, because Bucky's like. And I, I hate when shows or movies do this, but like when a character will literally say, we don't have time for that right now. We'll come back to that later. And then they go do something else. Yeah. Like Bucky's story got shelved in episode two and then we picked it up in five and then kept going. Yeah. Yeah. In episode two, they have they go into the therapy appointment, which is also the last time we see the therapist until the very end. until the very end. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like he has that like little outburst that was like oh like if he was wrong about you then he was wrong about me and it feels like that was a great scene but it feels like it could have been later in the series and built to more Mm -hmm. um like have them at odds more until you yeah because i wanted to ask about that scene because initial viewing of it and then my second time through it i'm confused as to what that question is like if he was wrong about you he was i thought his motivation would be like why didn't he think I could be Captain America? But instead he's worried about what Steve's opinion of him was. And I was just like, is he still like, I felt like he should be beyond that at this point. I think it's that conversation they had in the Quinjet in civil war where it's Mm -hmm. like, that wasn't you. And he's like, but it was so like he, and he's still dealing with that trauma and trying to make amends for what he did as the winter soldier and trying to separate bucky barnes from the winter soldier so is he Uh, saying that he's like is he trying to determine if steve was wrong for feeling like he was redeemable yeah i i think i think he's inferring that like if steve was wrong about giving you the shield and and your judge of character then then that means he was wrong about me and giving me a second chance okay okay 
Because, like, to Joe's point, had that been built slightly more and we maybe get that interaction in, like, three or four, maybe it feels different and it's more understood what his intention of asking it was. And I think part of the issue with that isn't... He's not saying anything specific. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's asking yeah. with with general pronouns. And he's not saying, like, if he was wrong about you being this... Like, he didn't put forward the, the full thought, and maybe they were, like, in the writing room, like, well, we don't need to say it again, but I feel like in that moment, we sh probably should just reiterate what the question we're asking really actually is. Mm. For his character, because that's, like, his whole genesis of the rest of the show. Yeah, and I think you are supposed to think, or question whether Bucky actually wants the shield or not, up until, because yeah. episode five is when he says, like, when Steve told me what he was planning. So yeah. like it's confirmation one that he knew Steve was leaving. Doing that. Um, yeah. and didn't wasn't I, I assume there was a conversation about whether or not he wanted to go. Um mm -hmm. but yeah, that he knew that Sam was the one to inherit the shield. And so. it gives a lot of credit to Steve uh not like knowing the future, but kind of somehow able to foresee like no no buck you're gonna have to stay here he's gonna need you like this is i don't gonna know be about easy that for... like, i honestly I... feel like steve would have offered like do you want to go with me and bucky maybe feeling some responsibility of like i have to fix what i've done okay or i just gotta like, make amends or like yeah. i'm not i have or nothing like, to go back to i see i felt like it would be more steve turning him down because <laughs> Bucky just being immediately down to just keep going with Steve forever. Yeah. Because not being with Steve weighs on him super heavily also. So it's like... The thing is, he never reunited with Steve, really. Like, Yeah. By the end of Civil of War, the... he goes to Wakanda, and then they fight in Endgame. They don't get to be brothers or whatever again. Right. Yeah. And then he blips. Right. And then um, when he comes back, he's immediately in a gigantic fucking battle. <laughs> and yeah. There's not really a lot of downtime before Steve is old and on a bench. Right. So, well, even so Bucky like they... made a comment about that, saying something along the lines of, like, I went from war after war after yeah. war. Like, it's just never ending. So, like, yeah. you you could tell that weighs on him. Yeah. yeah. And he's got he does a great job of, like, I feel like portraying the PTSD of all of that. Yeah. Because he's like he's actively dealing with all of it, so he doesn't necessarily try. Sometimes he's like fight first when they're in the warehouse, and he just wants to run up on those two guys, and then he finds out there's like ten, and he's like, okay, okay, you're right, okay. You know, he's not necessarily because Steve's the 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 tactical guy. Like Bucky's not. Bucky's like point and shoot. You point him at something, and he kills it for you, no matter whether he's Bucky or fucking Winter Soldier. I think they also did a good job reminding that Steve wasn't perfect. Like yeah. he, he might've been perfect in appearance, but like he, like he was a nice guy, but he had no idea what it was like to be a black man in America. And right. like, I love that line too, where he apologizes and says like, I didn't know. And I couldn't have known. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's really interesting too, because everyone else in the series is viewing Captain America as like a symbol yeah. Mm -hmm. Whereas Sam and Bucky are viewing him as an actual person because they're the yeah. ones that knew him. They're the ones that were closest to him. Right. So yeah. everyone else, like John Walker, for example, is 
really just making it about the symbol of Captain America. Yeah. And I, dude, I think Wyatt Russell did such a fucking good job, dude. Holy shit. Especially, especially on rewatch. For three episodes, he's genuinely trying to extend the olive branch to them. Genuinely. And more a little bit towards the end it's it's more like all right because he's gonna he's he's he wants all of steve's props because he feels like he needs them and he calls he them, feels like he, he also feels like he's entitled to them yes yes and he, that's, i'm captain america it was the wording it was the wording in in the in the truck where Sam says it's always the last line you know yeah. he's like i need his wingman yeah you know he i don't care about you I'm not, I don't, I'm not like here for that interaction. I just like, I need the guys that he had. How could I do this fucking job without them? Yeah. And Sam's like calling him out on that bullshit, I think pushes John to like, all right, well, what if I just like take charge of the two of them and think like that'll work, you know, cause Steve was a general, you know, or whatever the fuck, like they, he thinks that maybe they'll just like fall in line. Yeah. He like doesn't know their rapport. Yeah. Necessarily. Yeah. So, and he just... There's specific things that he says where it seems like he really like wants to try to to befriend them or something like that, and then he oh he's like but he's too quick to be a a, a, a hothead and he's way too quick to have a, a smart mouth. And yeah. Every every single time he does one more line, it costs him every <laughs> single time. So I think with him, I I really loved John Walker at the beginning, and not necessarily because of his actions but just because he was given this task right right he was given this insurmountable task of being the next captain america yeah they were like be america's mascot but also we're going to use you as a weapon (laughs) (laughs) but he also just like when he thinks about captain america like that's he thinks a soldier and yeah. he's a soldier, so like yeah. he's just gonna do what he is, he's always right. done. He's right. in there to do a mission, you know. He's he's tactical. He's not yep. thinking of anything but the mission, and that's not necessarily his fault. And I think just the position that he was put in from the beginning was very unfair. Yeah, uh, it's just how he continuously handled things <laughs> that he, he it's just a situation that spiraled out of control with him like yeah and it sucks that it happened that way i do think wyatt russell did an amazing job um the performance was fantastic but i, I fucking hate john walker <laughs> and from the moment i saw him i knew like we like we all knew it was going to come to blows by the end but like yeah yeah when he's in that locker room the first time well not yes. the first time we see him but the first time we like get to meet him um mm-hmm. lamar says you can't punch your way out of situations anymore and i was like that's the type of person you are so like all the stuff with like him like trying to like be the nice guy in the beginning like that's him trying to be someone he's not that's yes. not his yes. first instinct to do any of it and he is just like a violent guy by nature and i do yeah I know that I said I wish that we got 
less of some characters but i wish we got more of like what their history was because they kept like sideways like it, it was a yeah, very kept, cheesy kept line talking about what got him his three medals of honor in afghanistan but they never yeah. said yeah and they yeah. like it's a very cheesy line of like uh, what we had to do in afghanistan yeah yeah when we meet him in that locker room he's basically actualizing all of the reasons sam is hesitant to take up the mantle after being given the mantle (laughs) like he's giving you like what all of the all of these issues are going to be but then there's the entire piece of the puzzle that he's missing which is that he's not black (laughs) so he he has all of that struggle with it and he's talking about it and those are all things that sam grips with throughout the rest of the show and then but also sam's black like he doesn't he doesn't even realize the amount of like less weight that's on his shoulders being Captain America just because he's John Walker and not Sam Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. For Bucky, there's like the initial infuriation of just like him pretending to be Steve. And then like a very good edit is when he's on like good morning American. He says he thought of uh, Steve as a brother and they cut to Bucky just like staring (laughs) at him. Like, like he was his, his literal fucking brother. And <laughs> you just said that on national television about the guy you never met. Yeah. <laughs> but like, honestly, like I said, though, I don't necessarily disagree with him. It's just every time he was ever in a situation, he just kept making the wrong, the one. wrong choice. Yeah. yeah. Constantly. That's what uh, bad people do. <laughs> yeah. But, but he's like, he's like Bucky in the sense of you point and shoot yeah. him at someone. So in every scenario, yeah. he's going in there thinking it's a crisis, thinking I need to, I need to be Captain America. So I need to be turned up to 11. Yeah, but then he thinks, you... that, he thinks that that title allows you to throw your weight around. Yeah. And Steve, while he kind of threw his weight around, did it in a way that was like gentle and John Walker is kicking doors in going, I'm fucking Captain America and you're coming with me. Like he thinks that that means so he's literally being team, team America world police. <laughs> Cause that's what he thinks Captain America is. Yeah. But then you, you frame that differently with Sam and the yeah. way he approaches situations is he's always in there calm. He goes in there low energy. He wants to talk. He just wants to Sam deescalates every situation in the show. Yeah. Yeah. At every chance he gets. Even after Carly Morgenthau, terrible name. Even after she blew up (laughs) the GRC building with people inside. He still doesn't want to go attack her. He's still trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. And he's still trying to go like, if we can not crack this egg, we can save her life. And he's trying to do that and nobody will fucking let him. That part to me is a little bit of Sam trying to be more like Steve to me because in Winter Soldier, he says to Cap, like, what if you're wrong about him and you can't save Bucky? Like, the yeah. guy who, like, now is fighting by his side and, like, he he was, like, putting it on the table, like, what if we have to take him down? Yeah. And, like, Steve kind of demonstrated to him right or wrong that, like, you know, in some cases, I guess you can just be headstrong about something that you yeah. believe well, you're right Steve, about. Steve, Steve was operating on faith and and betting that his relationship with Bucky will 
supersede the programming. Right. Like, yeah. because it happened first in his brain, it should be in there deeper. And that's what Steve was betting on. Right. So to Sam, he's like, well, if, you know, he can talk a KGB programming out of a guy. Right. I can probably <laughs> handle a teenager. <laughs> yeah. 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 But. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, as far as Carly, though, like, her character just didn't work for me at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just wasn't a fan. She was another Marvel villain like Killmonger who was like, you're making a fantastic point, so we have to have you commit an atrocity so that the audience will be okay with you <laughs> well, dying. doesn't like you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I feel like it takes a really long time to figure out what she's actually doing. They didn't have like an actual end game to their plan, no, it felt like. It just, they needed somebody else they, they, like, tried to operate this, like, two-villain dynamic where you don't see one, so she's doing all of the work. But it just, like, I don't know. It, it seemed like they were really nervous about some things that, like, probably weren't that big of a deal. <laughs> like No, I don't like, think so the at whole, all. The whole tractor-trailer set piece happens because she steals vaccines for people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's kind of like... They're really going to fucking fight and kill each other over that part of it? Yeah, but at the same time, they're really going to send Captain America to deal with a stolen truck? Right. Um, Like, I really thought the Flag Smashers fight was legitimized. And, like, one of the things we said with the the opening of the Monica Rambo episode of WandaVision was, like, we were, like, happy to see Fallout from the blip yeah and like yeah. especially in this series like we're seeing like the global ramifications of that going yeah. forward like it's not just a thing that happened like this is yeah there's consequences I, but i just i don't think that they described the issue enough. they never actually showed what like the issue was. her ideal world looked like which right. i feel like that was part of a, a reason why it was hard for the audience to get into her mindset and see like, oh, that that makes sense that she's killing. So you think there should it. have been like a flashback scene like to during the blip? I or? think so. I think that yeah. would have helped. Or at least like she runs a commune and she's like the mom of the commune or something. Because we don't know. Like, first of all, they have an app um, and everybody can hack Sam's technology, but we can't figure out where the fuck this app is hosted. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but they have an app that just is like apparently everybody in the park is a terrorist and that's fucking like really weird to me. <laughs> well, I mean, they got a notification to gather there. It wasn't like they were just like out enjoying. No, no, I know. But like they all were like kind of sitting there like, oh, I'm going to go feign a picnic and wait for the signal, <laughs> which is just an absurd way to live your life. So a lot of those people were just like NPCs and they're not real. Uh <laughs> I'm here in the park for the thing. And like, you're like, Oh, what's the thing? And you talk to the next person. Um, (laughs) But like, I just feel like they never fully defined like what the full blown it, like they say it, they say that, uh, the people that came back. So immediately after everybody disappeared, they, everybody was kind of like kumbaya around the world, I guess is what they were trying to say. Yeah. We were all coming together after a massive, like to an extent, like borders fell and like, you know, they just were one world, one people. That was the catchphrase was one world. I just and then like people were, I guess, were taking over homes that were empty. Yeah. 
And then when people came back, people were like, that's my house. I was gone for five minutes and they don't realize they were gone for five years. So this multinational global thing is created to try to figure out what to do with them. And I guess they're putting them into camps yeah, or areas that are abandoned or something. And I, I don't know. I just like, it was hard to feel bad for them because I, you don't really see like what was the problem. Like we never really like live among them to see them struggling to be like, Oh my God, these people need help so bad. I see why she's doing all of this. For me, it wasn't hard to imagine from what they told us. Um, But I will concede that I like having a scene of it would have benefited. Yeah. That's why I said like having a scene even of like, Oh, when everything was great and what we're trying to get back to like show them and then even show immediate fallout of people starting to come back from the snap you know like how it ruined all of that i do think having the like happy cheesy grc commercial yeah and then cutting to the armed troops with grc on their backs (laughs) demonstrated like oh this is fucked up yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but i just like i but i just didn't know what they were doing so when she blew them up i was like wait isn't she trying to help those people like I just was so confused at what her motivation was and who it was directed at. Cause it just seemed like we didn't know who any of any of the players were that she was fighting against until all of our colorful people show up to try to stop her, you know? Cause then once we try to stop her, it's a completely different game. But like, what is she doing the whole time? Like, what is her plan? I think, you know, in the beginning, she is just trying to stay out of the GRC's way while like getting and helping her people. Um, But then once people started getting in the way, she made a decision that it's going to have to end in a fight because that's the Mm -hmm. way it always seems to end. Um, And Zemo was right about her (laughs) in a way. Yeah. (laughs) He, he, he flat out was just like, you can't redeem her because she's a supremacist now. And like once she's willing to take lives that she's lost and everybody's like, well, let's not, let's not, you know, press the gas too hard on that Zemo. And then at the end he's like, the only way that it's going to be solved is if you kill her and they have to, that's the only way to stop her was to kill her. But before she gets killed, she has openly acknowledged and accepted the fact that she's probably going to die there. It wasn't the only way. It was just that people kept getting in the way of Sam solving it his way. Yeah. Like it, yeah. the series could have ended the flag <laughs> smashers halfway through if John Walker wasn't in that stupid fucking building. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> and like one last note about John Walker is just like that. He just like, he writes his own story for himself to like, yeah. to fit his own reality. Like when he, he kills yeah. the flag smasher and he just on the spot decides He's the one that killed Lamar, even though he was there yeah. and he watched that that's not what happened. And he goes and yeah. tells Lamar's parents about it. It would have been a nice scene if he wasn't fucking lying to them. No, no, <laughs> yeah. but that's it, it, it. That one is like barely an allegory <laughs> <laughs> to like we create a narrative based on the end result and not like what happened. Yeah. You know, and like John Walker, like in front of every he had to find 
the the best excuse that he could come up with for brutally murdering that person in front of everyone yeah was uh he killed my partner yeah uh he killed my partner because like how you can only imagine how many times in real life somebody's been like oh i shot him because he was gonna kill my partner yeah you know like because john walker is like the the ultimate embodiment of back the blue you know <laughs> so like <laughs> his thin blue line shield he is the thin blue line john walker <laughs> i feel i feel like they did such a good job of not ever saying that but i just you just feel it with how that character plays and simmers yeah the entire time and- is like you just like man he's probably a fucking and he got off easy in the end too yeah like, oh oh i hated that i, hated I didn't think he needed they... to be in that final episode at all and like yeah it didn't play for me to have him like helping helping <laughs> yeah. or like joking around with bucky like the they, like, like the Lincoln quote. arms and shit yeah yeah, yeah. It, i'm like should have that... just left him be a villain they, yeah. they should have let him set up for u.s agent and take off because they built that character in such a way where he was on a path where he was just making decision after decision and he was committed to the thing that he was doing and the fucking whiny scream when he's fighting over the shield and he screams at bucky look what you're making me do (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like what the fuck it's like the classic (laughs) abuser line dude literally they built that that character in such a way where he was on a path where he was going one way, and then all of a sudden they were just like, you know what? He's going to have a redemption story in the final episode. Yeah, and it's like really weak anyway. But when he's fighting Sam and and uh, Bucky, when that all finally breaks down and he's already taken the super soldier serum, mm-hmm. um, and they like, you could, uh, he did such a good job, I feel like, of becoming unhinged after he did it. Yeah. He's his 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 body language was different. Even he was standing just like his arms were kind of hanging at his sides, like he was just like uh like primal almost. Yeah, and I love the way that they shot that sequence too yeah. with those camera yeah. angles. They were super tight and like it was really a good way for the actors to show way more expression. I thought yeah to convey yeah. the emotion that they were doing. And I remember watching that episode for the first time and then texting you guys like. Dude, he's such a bitch. His arm broke. <laughs> he he ain't Steve. And then Joe reminded me that Steve's arm broke in Endgame, but he was fighting like an eight foot tall fucking alien. And John Walker was fighting Sam Wilson, who never took the serum and will never take the he serum. He had a jetpack, though. But and, he, and the jetpack, he used the propulsion of the jetpack to break his to arm. snap his arm. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Fuck, Sam!" <laughs> that was awesome. That it's scene just was an idol, bro. <laughs> Sam's fighting style in the whole show, like the way they incorporate the wings and the everything, wings? was yeah. really great. He uses yeah. them as like a bulletproof shield, and then he also sweeps uh, Batrock's legs out with them. He uses them to brace. Like a, he does so much stuff. Yeah, yeah. He fucking yeah. stands up on them and yeah. shit. My my favorite use of the wings, other than the flying, obviously, <laughs> is is uh, when he is fully Captain America and he's on the bridge and he saves that one person and he uses the wings and the shield on top of his head yeah. to complete like the dome that he makes for <laughs> and himself. The helicopter just and the helicopter deep. fucking bounced off of him yeah. and made that noise. Boink! <laughs> and I was like... 
it's all There's vibranium, no greater explanation dude. of vibranium, I think, yeah. than that. Everybody gets vibranium. <laughs> yeah. It is very funny that like Bucky hands over Zemo and then he asks for a favor after like he basically told Io fuck you for the past two days. <laughs> Thanks. He knows she loves him though. Yeah. She can't help but love herself some white wolf. Kind of like, kind of like he was uh, hitting on Sam's sister Sarah a little bit. Hey, I'm yeah, Bucky. Bucky just likes to hit on people. <laughs> he yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> he he also was doing it to get under Sam's skin. Yeah. 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 Which I thought was great. Like, uh, Sarah was fun. She was a fun character. Um, yeah, I, I did like Sarah um, and like the dramatic comedy of her calling while they're in. Uh, <laughs> in the bad guy's headquarters. <laughs> it was like one of those uh, Geico commercials. Yeah. <laughs> Mom! Made me so <laughs> mad. Your father's fighting the squirrels again. <laughs> Why wouldn't Sam turn his phone off? That's such a rookie mistake. He's That's never been I mean, he's, he's not, not... He's not a spy. <laughs> he's not a spy, and he's not not necessarily a rookie. Like, he did some shit with Steve, but Steve was always like, we go in there, we're gonna fucking do this, and this is what's gonna happen, and that's, because Steve just tries to, he, he has to plan everything out. He had know? to wear like a disguise nothing... that wasn't a baseball hat and sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> I could see how that would throw him off, dressing like a South African pimp or whatever he was supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Smiling Tiger, is that what yeah. the name He's was? Yeah, he's a Black that's... Panther villain. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. That whole nightclub sequence was just like, I mean, it was funny and it was meme worthy, but I don't know that it necessarily was like necessary or. Yeah. Mad report. <laughs> like it was kind of just like, we're doing it to do it. Yeah. yeah. Unless dude, unless like we had, uh, I remember when we were texting about it, when we watched it the first time, um, unless the, we had to go to Madripoor just to set up the existence of Madripoor to lead to somebody else potentially debuting in or around Madripoor. Everybody's favorite mutant, Patch. <laughs> well, it feels like, to me, they, they use Madripoor just to set up the mythical power broker. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> that, I, so, I hate that choice for Sharon. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was like, pretty weird. It's pretty why, weird. Like, they should have just put the words on the screen... She's the power broker because, like, it was so fucking obvious. <laughs> you might as well have been like, you know, when you see text on screen that says New York when we're clearly looking at the New York skyline. Like, well, I don't know. Couldn't, Paris. She's the only, she was the only person, like, on her cell phone the whole movie or the whole, the whole show. She's clearly the person that they're talking about. <laughs> I think they had to make her a little sketchy just to like justify it in the end because if she was just like normal agent carter the whole time and then they yeah. like pulled that twist out of their ass it would have been really it would really piss me off um so like at least like showing it throughout was fine it was just like i don't you don't like the decision i don't see why that character would betray her morals so hard right i feel like it would have been more effective to show people talking to the power broker on the phone yeah and then showing sharon talking on the phone other times and never like necessarily telling you that those two things are the same yeah because it almost seemed like when you'd see somebody talking to the power broker sharon was like on the other line <laughs> like, um and 
I don't know. I just feel like if they, I feel like it would have been better if at the end she shoots Carly and she's like, you really disappointed me. Like if we got it at that moment, it would have been like, oh, she's the fucking power broker as opposed to like saying power broker, having an episode called power broker and we see Sharon throughout. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and even like the decision to withhold it from any of the main cast like yeah yeah it was really meaningless by the end because it was just a twist but then sam comes in after the fact yeah yeah and it's like we spend time with sharon doing that and we spent time with carly doing what she was doing but had we like just decided to go with giving all of the face time to the flag smashers and having the power broker be this overarching thing that we twist at the end yeah yeah it would have given everybody more time and then you would have been more like what the fuck going forward for sharon as yeah. opposed to when everybody when she walks out on the phone again telling some random person that oh we're gonna have state secrets to sell and all this other shit you know everybody was kind of like oh <laughs> <laughs> and like where does she pop up again I, yeah cap four? what movie's gonna be set in like dc that that's gonna even matter it's probably going to be another Disney Plus show first, I would imagine. I feel like it has to be. Unless, like, She-Hulk or something. I don't know. She-Hulk or Hawkeye, because Hawkeye takes place in, like, the West Coast, right? I don't know. I thought it I was mean, who's New who's to York. say they don't announce something called yeah. Power Broker, you know? Like... Oh, God. <laughs> I don't think they're going to do that. <laughs> That would be a gross misallocation of funds, I feel like. <laughs> Just based on the reaction to that t- twist anyway. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. Moon Knight would be an interesting place for her. Yeah. Because he's like a mercenary and everything. Yeah. So so we talked about pretty much everyone aside from Zemo. What yeah. did you guys think bringing back Baron Zemo? I thought it was great because like I love... We all love the actor, and like yeah. it's really refreshing to see the villains survive, not be killed off at the end, even though like the main villain of the series was killed off, but to see them be able to come back. And I think yeah. like with Walker and Zemo and the whole thing with Julia Louise Dreyfus, they're yeah. setting up Thunderbolts or Dark Avengers. Um, so seeing Zemo come back for that would be really awesome. Um, the retcon of him being like a baron like he is in the comics was a little uh jarring for me at first like it was fine once i like accepted it but it was just if he had all this money i feel like he would have been able to get his family away a lot further but i guess the insinuation was that he wasn't aware of what was going on in um age of ultron yeah and then it kind of just happened yeah because they they kind of just go to Sokovia in Age of Ultron, like at the beginning. Yeah. It becomes like it becomes a larger issue as the film progressed. Right. So it wasn't like I don't know that many people had that much time or thought that they would have to leave. You know. They didn't yeah. anticipate a robot putting a fucking <laughs> thing in the ground and blowing their fucking country up. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have a problem with the retcon at all. And I didn't even necessarily take it as a retcon because there's nothing to to say that he's not potentially a rich person in age of ultron and civil war or whatever Hmm. it's just Uh, something that they i feel like in real life would have been brought up at some point and they also never explain the mask yeah no he just picks that up and puts it on and like it's cool to look at but why did he have that (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's like this is what i wear when i commit crimes (laughs) 
<laughs> there was no story purpose for it, and yeah. that that's just one hundred percent fan service. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think yeah. maybe they needed it because every person in the show has to wear something covering their face, so all of the action can happen. Fair, <laughs> because yeah. Carly Morgenthau that we have to say her last name every time that we talk about her because it's so fucking easy to say and not weird or whatever. That's a character uh, from the comics too, though. So, Oh, that's great. But <laughs> Jesus Christ. <dude. laughs> they said her name so often, and every time she got into a fight, she put her hair back, which is realistic, and then she had to slide the mask on so that the double could take her place and do all of that work. But it, and it was also usually John Walker saying her name, and he has such a fucking annoying voice, uh, so that uh, doesn't help. Carly Morgenthau! <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then uh, just quickly speaking about people who were digitally replaced in the fucking show, uh, Sam's training sequence with the shield, uh, it's so blatantly obvious that that's a different person. Like, he does the flip. Like doing the flips and stuff it's clearly someone else's face and there's like an extended point where he kind of does like a couple things in a row and it's just another man like they don't even put anthony mackie's face in there they just let that ride and i was like interesting yeah it seems yeah. like they could have cut around it a little better but yeah yeah especially for a fucking training montage dude we don't need to see the entire extended movement it's a training montage we know what they are yeah the training montage played silly for me because it's like, okay, Sam's athletic. That's great. But they only showed him like throwing the shield and like flipping. They didn't really show him like doing anything else, any Fighting. other kind of <laughs> combat training. Training just... how to use a jet. Well, I mean, he, he's an expert in the jetpack. Yeah. By this point, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. So it just felt like a leap for me to believe yeah. that he's all of a sudden well equipped to just handle this shield and like yeah. have an entire fighting style with the wings with the shield yeah he, he but there's there's two montages in that episode that was the second one the first one was fixing the boat <laughs> that one i didn't have a problem with no because it was fun it felt like an 80s movie <laughs> there was a song they were talking about the mission they're turning wrenches and shit together. And I was just like, I wonder if there's anybody who does boat repair <laughs> that watched this show and was like, it's all fucking bullshit. You would never do. That. I'm always a sucker for the casual superpower stuff, too. Like when Bucky shows up and he picks up the engine block or like Sam's working on the boat and he just rips off the panel. He went down and he grabbed the wrench. Yeah. To give it, like, the ultimate <laughs> amount of torque. <laughs> he didn't even use his metal arm. No. Um, or even, like, that last scene with Isaiah when he picks up that giant pot. And, like, they don't focus on it. He just does it while yeah, he's talking. Yeah, huge. Yeah. And, like, that's just, like, such nice, like, flavor for me of, like, mm -hmm. adding that mm -hmm. to the world. Because, like, they're accomplishing a task, but, like, that character would do that. Yeah, you know, like they don't. Bucky would use his arm for everything. Yeah, well, not everything because he's not left-handed. I like that line that they that he said too, uh, that he's right-handed, so he doesn't always think to use the yeah. Winter Soldier arm. Yeah, that was cute. <laughs> Imagine having that, this crazy space age technology, <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah, I could open jars and shit. <laughs> Like, I imagine Bucky in his apartment that doesn't have a bed because he sleeps on the floor holding a pickle jar with the metal hand 
and trying, trying to twist a fucking. <laughs> I think that was a PTSD thing, the sleeping on the floor. Yeah, that was like a callback yeah. to Sam and uh, Steve's first meeting. Yeah, and, yeah. And Winter Soldier. I liked it. I liked it though because you see it. He like wakes up. He wakes up in a cold sweat, yeah. but he's like on the floor and some some. He's got some shit on the TV, but he doesn't care. He's yeah. not looking at it. Just have noise. <laughs> what was everyone's favorite episode? For me, it was five. It was true because mm-hmm. uh, that's where the immediate fallout from John Walker killing that guy happens. Yeah. Uh, and that scene for me was one of my favorites of the whole show. What about you guys? Episode was is is there one that stands out? I think I liked episode four the best. Like getting John Walker to do that in the notes that I took for this uh, episode four has like the most information it's like three full scrolls on my phone (laughs) and everything else is kind of like a couple paragraphs and that's it um but yeah episode four just was so chock full of stuff and i like bookended with i didn't necessarily like episode three that's the one i have the least information for because it was like a lot of filler with the containers and all of that shit um but yeah episode four for me was was my favorite and getting that like initial battle with all of them and i think that's even the one where sam has that conversation with carly yeah and that that for me was that was such a huge moment in the show was that sam actually having the opportunity to at least try to do what he wanted to do and for all intents and purposes was working like it seemed like it was actually going to work until fucking John Walker came through with his steroid meathead and fucking ruined everything. But it was great because it built so much tension up. And then we <laughs> yeah. got that incredible moment where he murdered that guy. Yeah, because that was such a release of all of that tension for the episode. Yeah. It was wound really tight in four. And then him just. Because they did like. They did slow mo, but they also didn't do it all the whole time. Yeah. So it was really like. It felt graphic, even though we didn't see it necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. And Joe, you even mentioned, like, the way it was shot. I remember you texting us saying how they mirrored, uh, what was it, the Civil War? Yeah. When he's about to, it looks like he's going to kill Tony. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yes. Because it's the same fate. Like, he does the same thing with the the shield and everything. Mm -hmm. And it was just so, the brutality of all of that. You know, because the show's relatively quiet except for those big action set pieces. Yeah. So when you get that moment, you're just like, and then you see all the people with their phones. And that that <laughs> final shot was just like really haunting of just the blood on the shield as he's standing there, yes. shot from below, yep. and like, and then cutting to Sam and Bucky's reaction, just like, this is, like, there's blood all <laughs> over it, and like that's like. Yeah. You almost wish that, like, they hadn't ended there and had the fight right then because, like, that cold open of, like, ending with Sam trying to wipe the blood off was just... Yeah. Jeez. That, yeah, seeing Sam touch the blood itself was super morbid. Yeah. yeah. Because it's, like, he's feeling the literal br- blood and the, and the cost of a Captain America existing, but it's also, in a way, like, symbolically him, like... I'm going to take this and I'm going to wipe the blood off of it and make this clean and better now. But he also is feeling the weight of that because he feels indirectly responsible 
or yeah, directly right. responsible, I guess. Because if he didn't give it back, yeah, yeah, I think indirectly. <laughs> there's so there's so much happening for Sam in that moment, and it was like it was super powerful. Yeah, for that reason, for a lot of reasons, five is probably the top for me because that opening really is amazing, and the rest of it is very much like the emotional climax of the series. Yeah, yeah. where yeah. like yeah. episode six is like we're gonna do the superhero shit. And then we're going to have, like, five different epilogues. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, to do to open with them finally coming to blows over the shields, um, that little, like, Bucky, another callback to Civil War of Bucky throwing it on the ground next to Sam in, like, yeah. a little, like, look what happened. Um and then the scene with Isaiah where you really get like how much he's been hurt by the country that Sam is looking looking for permission in another way like Sam existing for and through other people like he's looking for someone to tell him what to do like he would tell to somebody who came to him um, yep. but he has to ultimately make the decision for himself and I really like laying out like all the issues but sam i don't even think saying like i can fix it but like i have to hope that something can be in some way better and that if he can do anything to support that he has to do that um yeah and i even like it's sort of like a similar comment to like what black panther was doing this is what's going on in the outside world don't you have a responsibility to do something the question of like why would you do that after everything they've done sam saying that's all true but it's not i hope that it doesn't always have to be yeah it's not a reason to give up yeah right um but also for those same reasons like sam's ending at the end of episode six he like the senators just get like a, a finger wag and like I really think like the senators are like the kind of true villains here where they like they created the flag smashers through their actions and they just get like a little shame talk on the news and then Sam's walking away and somebody says oh we got another flag smasher you want to help us out and he's like you got it buddy <laughs> flies out yeah. to help I dude I love that monologue that he gives. Yeah, it was amazing. It was an amazing It's very speech. powerful. I just hate where and why and, like, how it's delivered. Like, him standing in the street talking to three elected officials and telling and finally giving them what for <laughs> just feels like, I don't know, it just felt so weird. It felt so weird that that's how his ideals were going to be cast out into the the world like to show who he was and what he's about well if it, it if it makes it feel any better like i feel like sam would be that kind of character to talk and give a speech like yeah. that yeah yeah i just feel like it would have been better suited like i don't know the, like the mcu is used being in like a senate deposition before you know like where somebody's sitting in front of like the 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 room of senators having to explain themselves yeah it might have been better suited there i mean john walker gets his moment to tell everybody like you fucking created me how dare you yeah you know like i was only following the rules that you gave me because that's all i ever did with my life was follow them 
And he kind of gives it to those senators at that point, you know, like, so for Sam's moment to be in the street, I guess maybe they're trying to give you like how he's different or how he's going to go different about it. Like he's not going to go up to the state house and talk about it with them. He's going to do it there, but I don't know. I just felt like it was such a weird delivery of, of his entire like reasoning for taking on the, the mantle was delivered to us via like a hot mic situation. Yeah. But I, I also think that was kind of out of necessity for the plot. It was like, we're, it's going to be then and there. Like, this is where we are. Like, we don't have time to, like, do another epilogue where it's like, and sometime later at the <laughs> state house. Right. And, like, as Dude, he's that's leaving, really that's when Sharon's point. walking in. But, um, it just, it seems so unrealistic to me that all of the, like, I, I know they forced all of those characters to be there at the same time. Yeah. But the like, senators had just undergone a traumatic experience. <laughs> what, in what situation would that have been like? Uh, it, it, I, you, I can't sp- you can't speak to the realism because the fucking man flies but <laughs> it just seems like a really strange situation to have him somehow have this perfect audience at that moment to do that to on the street despite where you the would chaos never run into three senators at the same time ever I mean unless you pulled them out of a truck <laughs> that they were kidnapped right but that's like of you know they had to set up all right, well, we need Sam to talk to them at the end in front of the news cameras. Yeah. How do we get them from A to B? Yeah, but I didn't really have so, so much of an issue with the the medium of it. Um, I just wish there was a harder divide, I guess, by the end to say, like, I'm not your Captain America. Right. When he said, this girl just died yeah. trying to stop you, and nobody's even thought to ask why. That was when it was like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So like Sam feels like he knows that girl because he feels her actual frustration and he knows exactly where she's coming from because he's literally experiencing coming back from the blip himself. Somehow he has a unique way of understanding where everybody is emotionally. And that's something that only uh, Steve ever also had. Yeah. And he's like, he's. He like he's the first to admit like her methods were wrong. Right. But he yeah, recognizes right. as well that she wasn't offered anything else. Like nobody right. gave anybody there an option to advocate for themselves. Yeah. Even they on, were like, just a platform. told this is what's happening. Yeah. Now I'm retconning, but it would have <laughs> been cool that to, it would have been cool to see like Killmonger's message kind of get out there. Hmm. And then have the flag smashers take it up in that respect the flag smashers weren't after the same thing as necessarily the same but when you think about political ideologies sometimes an idea spirals into what then the flag smashers became in a way what you're saying is essentially like killmonger's message accompanied with the snap could have turns them into the flag smashers and radicalizes them in a way that they're like no we're just gonna fucking take what we need because we're waiting we're start, we're sick of waiting for handouts for it you know because i feel like they're largely ideologically lined up killmonger and the flag smashers this show also really benefited from us going through a global pandemic i think because that line yeah. of like you finally 
know what a common struggle is like um mm-hmm. and that feeling of like people always saying like oh when things go back to normal and like people mm-hmm. who have suffered under normal say why would we ever want that or like people who like you know people who wouldn't be able to access an office job who can work remotely now or shit like that in in our yeah. world not in this world but like yeah basically you're saying like you understand where something like that could come from like an idea yeah. Yeah. of frustration because they because the flag smashers in essence to joe's point like what the new normal was yeah right so then when the people all came back it ruined everything for them so like the all of the restrictions being lifted now is where they're at in the blip coming back and they're like no i don't want these waves of fucking people again (laughs) my my whole thing about that was like sam was defending carly to the end despite carly even threatening his sister like yeah it just felt like very forced that Sam was like, no, I, I don't need think he to... ever even acknowledged to her that she did that. No, he did. Did he? Yeah. He walks in. He's just like, um, I forget what he said exactly. Didn't but then he say like you the... crossed a line or something? Yeah. Oh, and the yeah, first yeah, thing okay, she yeah, says when... is like, Sam, I would never hurt her. And he's like, yeah, I don't know what right, the right, fuck right. you're going to do. <laughs> like, don't. Yeah. 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 No, that's right. Because that, that was after. Uh, she told him to meet there and come alone. Yeah. Or she told his sister to tell him to meet there and come alone, and he brought Bucket. Right. Right. He does. He does confront her about it, but he's really like, <laughs> "I told you to come alone. I am I, alone. He doesn't count." <laughs> I feel like he's just he he's try. He was like to Jordan to your point earlier. He's he was really trying and putting on a lot of unnecessary responsibility on himself. Yeah. But I think that's a good. Point. In the end, in that speech he really refines what his worldview is while tearing down those senators and what they've done, you know? Cause he's like, I'm here trying to bring her to justice for what she's done, but you guys, we have to get to the root issue. Yeah. And that echoes a lot of the sentiment that everybody's heard for the last year about a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's solve the problem at the bottom of it before we let it sprout again. Yeah. <laughs> like we have to cut off, and pull the roots out and salt the earth, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so overall, any final thoughts on Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Or should I say Captain America and the Winter Soldier? Mm. Mm-hmm. I like that because at the end now it's Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. yeah, I just I thought it was a really effective show. Not only does Sam carry the mantle of Captain America well. But I feel like the show did the same thing for that set of films also. Underrated throughout the show, I felt like, was the relationship and the chemistry between uh, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. I feel like they have really, really good chemistry with one another. And especially in the their therapy situation together, I thought that, like, the way that they were just snapping those remarks off felt like it wasn't necessarily scripted or they just knew it so well and know each other so well that they're able to cut off when they know that the other one is uh, about to speak. Um, I really loved their chemistry throughout and that was the thing that I probably enjoyed the most about it. As far as I'm concerned, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is another strong entry into the MCU. Uh, I really liked the action beats, uh, really liked the tension that they built up with John Walker. 
between Sam and Bucky and the disdain that they both had for him. I thought that was really, mm-hmm. really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, villains not really working out for me as far as Carly goes. Um, very excited to see Julia Louis-Dreyfus and interested to see where they go with that in the future. And mm-hmm. I want more out of Bucky because <laughs> Bucky was my favorite character in the MCU. And I went into the show thinking that Bucky was going to be like, oh, this is going to be great. And Sam wound up being my favorite character in the whole goddamn yeah. thing. And I'm not even mad about it. No. But like, so now I want maybe even a season two where we get Captain America and the White Wolf. Oh, shit. <laughs> he upgrades because st- he doesn't want to be called Winter Soldier anymore, which I would understand. Their actually initial pitch was for that final slate to be Captain America and the White Wolf, but I think the studio intervened because it was like too cheesy for them. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. How is it more cheesy than calling him Winter Soldier when he's no longer I that? think they just like, have The whole thing is about him getting over it. How do you keep calling I him I think that? they just haven't made up their mind if they want to stick with branding him the White Wolf or not. <laughs> yeah yeah that's true i love this for sam wilson um i thought it was a really great show of his character and i did like yes said love um the relationship between he and bucky even though like a lot of the dialogue was like trying to convince you that there wasn't a relationship there um (laughs) but like it was nice to see them like together as friends um in the end uh, I do think this series, it was pretty like low in the middle, and that kind of stems from it being more structured like a long movie than like a TV mm-hmm. series. But overall, I think they did stick the landing. I am interested in like Thunderbolts and like the characters that they teased, or like Isaiah's grandson who is in Young Avengers, which is another young avenger we've gotten from the disney series i just i think they might have just planted too many seeds for characters without really giving them a uh, a satisfying end point in this series they kind of just start them rolling and see where they go um but as far as like the main focus being sam and bucky um and i think sam most of all I was really happy with where they ended and how they told their story. Uh, So let us know what you guys thought of Falcon and the Winter Soldier currently streaming on Disney plus. You could find us on all of the social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever else we're probably there. Find us at pop cannon with a K. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, be it Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, whatever they call that for Android, and Spotify, but also YouTube so you can see our glorious faces. That's true. Uh, And alternatively, if you would like, you could find us individually. I, Jordan, can be found on Instagram and Twitter at JL24FPS. I'm still Robert, and you can find me at Yesball on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Joe. I am at Joe for Broke on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, yeah. And uh, for Popkin, and this has been episode 56. Thank Sweet. you for watching and or listening, 
and we will see you on the very next episode with new episodes coming out every other Wednesday. Yeah.